You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 819, it is time for Counterpoint. Tonight, we welcome Omar Khan, VP Public Affairs at Hill and Knowlton Strategies, and Jackie Dobson, former PC strategist. All right, guys. Um, let's start on a question that got Carolyn Mulrooney into a bit of trouble last night. So here's a, a, a question she was asked after the debate in a scrum, and, and here was her answer. Uh, my children are uh, in, in school, and uh, it's a choice that uh, my husband and I have made that uh, to send them to the schools that we've we've decided. Uh, they are learn. They are following the Ontario curriculum, just as uh, other children are, and. Uh, it, I decided I made the I said I wasn't going to reopen the curriculum. They're in private school. As uh, parents, my husband and I uh, want to make the best choice that we can, and it is up to every family to make the choice that they want in terms of how to educate their family. Why did you choose a Why did you choose private schools over public schools? And lots of people couldn't afford to make that choice. You can. You made the choice. You did. What is the benefit of the private education over the public? We we made the best choice that we we could for our family, and that's all I'll say about that. Okay. It was a clumsy answer, but it was a really stupid question. If you have to ask that question, give me a break. Uh, but nonetheless, it was a clumsy answer. But this, to me, Omar, is the politics of shame. And lots of politicians have sent their kids to private school. Lots of people have gone to private school. People in this room have gone to private school, and that shouldn't be shamed. You can go after Carolyn Mulroney on lots of things. Pedigree and money is not one of them. Well, I think this speaks to a broader issue with her candidacy, uh, which is who's calling the shots here. I think they so they put out a memo talking about how they raised a gazillion dollars. You know, I went on elections, Ontario. You should, too. The listeners should, too. It's all coming from Bay Street. So when you have a candidate... Well, well your party gets it, too. So, so, let's, so, so, so let's, let's not leave it so, that so, so when you, when you have a candidate who, you know, I think her dad may have said in the past that all the Airbus money was used to pay for her education. I don't even know if she's ever stepped foot in a, pri- in a public school in her life. Maybe she has. I'd, I'd be interested to hear that. But she, does, she just doesn't, you know, she, she doesn't, she hasn't lived the lives most, or most regular everyday Ontarians have. But you could have. say that about and, lots of people in politics. Yeah. Justin Trudeau, Bill Morneau, Bill Morneau. I mean, you could literally say Justin this, Trudeau's not John a, Tory, Justin Trudeau like, hasn't sworn an oath of sovereignty to another country. Uh, you know, the, the, the Justin Trudeau lived his whole life in Canada. Justin Trudeau was a teacher. Justin well, Trudeau... Assist, yeah. He was an assistant well, drama assistant teacher. Drama teacher but. Well, whatever. So he worked with normal people. Uh, you know, at the end of the day... Uh, you know, I have nothing against Carolyn personally, but she's the Bay Street candidate. And she's got she's either got to own that or she's got to come up with some better advisors and some better media trainers. Because, you know, when when Rod Phillips isn't standing next to her telling her what to say, uh, that's the kind of answer you get. Look, she's a very bright woman. <clears throat> Pardon me, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Very bright, very accomplished. And And my issue with Carolyn is I'd like her to act like herself because I know her and she is great. It's just when she gets programmed with talking points. It's taking away who she is. For sure. Sometimes if you feel like you are having to read off a script, read talking points and not be who you really are, it's really easy to get caught up in the weeds. But this answer, it was a bit awkward because she wasn't, this was more directed towards the sexual education I don't curriculum. even take it like that. No, I think she was being wedged into a, you're rich. How do you, how could you possibly, I know, through the sex how ed could you possibly understand education in the public system? Cause your kids go to private school. Really? Does that disqualify her? Give me a break. 
No, I mean, we still have a prime minister who says he knows all about the middle class when I don't think he would know what the middle class is if it's on the end but of look, the But look, it's a legitimate question to ask every po- every politician in the Western world. They never ta- who, asked John Tory every, about every, it. Every politician in the Western world who has sent their kids to school. There's been TV shows about this in Britain and in, and in the U.S. She should have been ready to answer the question. She should have, I, yes. She should have been ready to answer the question. But I think why it has a little more resonance with her than with others is because she is the Bay Street candidate. Bay Street basically, the, you know, phone calls were made. The, the The Bay Street boys lined up. They said, "Who's our Who's our candidate to carry our agenda forward?" Uh, and they picked her, and that's what she's doing. She's, you know, look at the, look at what she's running on. It's a hard right conservative platform, and you may think that's a good thing. Hard right? What are you uh, talking about? It's extremely about? okay. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Sixteen. Yeah, she like, wants. She wants. So she wants to take sixteen billion dollars out of the Ontario budget, out of a budget of a hundred billion dollars a year. That's going to blow a hole in education. That's going to blow a hole in healthcare. That's going to blow a hole in social services. That's a, that's a hard right platform, and that's what Bay Street wants. Mm-hmm. Okay, I let you get your talking point out. Um, let's talk about uh, let's get let's talk about uh, tariffs. Uh, this is an alarming um, announcement that came out of Washington by Donald Trump. It's not decided yet if Canada is going to be included, but he is going to throw tariffs at aluminum and steel. This is our number one import. It's going to be devastating for Sudbury. It's going to be devastating for Hamilton. This is a devastating um, development if, in fact, it comes to fruition and. I don't think we have a plan for it. No, this is the hot mess express if it does happen. <laughs> and, um, you know, it makes me really question what was happening in Ottawa yesterday when the budget was being tabled. Like, okay, let's talk about gender till the cows come home, but let's not have NAFTA mentioned once. Let's not have provisions for something like this if it could happen, knowing who our leader is south of the border. Um, and if it does, unfortunately, it's going to be really bad for us. But I blame our uh, I blame our cousins up in Ottawa for not being proactive to handle something like this, knowing that it's very possible for it to come down the pike. Well, and Premier Wynne spoke out about this. She has to speak out about this, but she can't solve this on her own. And it's been gonna, it's going to be dumped on the premiers to have to deal with this. Now, the good news is Donald Trump changes his mind every five minutes, but he has also every used language. Tweets. Yeah, he, he has used language for a long time now that Canada's had it too easy and he's going to change that. But again, he's lowered the tax rates where we're not competitive. And these tariffs, while bad for them, are not good for us. And what would the plan be to deal with it? Well, it's hard, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give my friends in Ottawa a little bit of slack on this one. It's hard to plan for a president like Donald Trump who wakes up in the morning and maybe he slept on, he woke up on the wrong side of the bed and he decides to throw down a 25% tariff. That being said, uh, there needs to be a plan for this. There needs to be a holistic strategy that looks at expanding trade relationships with countries like India, that's the next Union. segment. That's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> but anyway. Not anymore. Well, I think that's the next segment. But, you know, uh, uh, I'll, I'll talk about how, how Premier Wynne handled this. Uh, well, not the specific issue, but generally the, the trading relationship with the U.S. It's firm but fair. So, yes, uh, she, I think her and Premier Couillard in Quebec have gone out to talk to over like 40 governors right now. Uh, and it's, you know, they're putting forward the the mutually beneficial uh, uh, trading. They're explaining the, how the trading relationship is mutually beneficial to, to both sides. But at the same time, she said, look, if New York State's going to bring in Buy America policies, we're going to bring in Buy Ontario policies against New York State. Uh, we have to be fair, but we have to be firm. Um, but, you know, I do agree that Perhaps the federal government needs to start looking at a bit of a more holistic strategy uh, vis-a-vis the potential collapse of NAFTA. Yeah, I'm sorry, I mean, this is New York State that we are selling hydro to every night for pennies on the dollar. 
great talking point. It'll take me about half an hour to no, don't, I don't walk, have half walk through the nuances <laughs> of that policy. The bottom line is bore the, this the could create massive trade wars. Absolutely. It, it is problematic. Well, and we're yeah. seeing this happen out west, right? Yeah. About yeah. the pipeline, right? BC and Alberta are going at it. And it's a bit of a difference, though, to go against the United States. Well, it is. And it then creates problems with China and, again, India and all these... This is the last thing we need. I don't know where he's going with it. But again, I have not seen any signal out of Ottawa that says they can address it. Maybe Christian Freeland, who seems to do all the heavy lifting, will come out and say something. Yeah, and I think it's showing that perhaps the strategy of cozying up to Trump early on in the administration may not have been the best strategy. Well, no, the best strategy would have been to cozy up to your friend Obama, who you were cozy with, and get NAFTA nailed down then. And it didn't happen. And that was a lost opportunity we may end up paying for. 828, got to take a quick break. And we will talk about India next, Omar, just for you. Uh, That's coming up on point because it is just becoming a big old diplomatic mess. That's uh, next on point here on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. John Raz joins me and Bill Hutchinson for this part of CounterPoint. Let's talk about a little story in Ottawa that just is not going away. Um, Justin Trudeau is now quadrupling down on a conspiracy theory that was dug up by, uh, I guess, a trusty civil servant who's a second in command when it comes to our country's national security. And it has caught the attention of the Indian government, and they are quite offended by it, but that it suggests that they planted this jazz at wall uh, to embarrass the prime minister. And they came back today and said, uh, yeah, no, that did not happen. We did not do that. So this is a problem. But here in question period, these are the kinds of questions Justin Trudeau is now facing. The honorable member for Yellowhead. Mr. Speaker, in 1986, I was one of the first officers on the scene of the shooting on Indian Minister Sidhu. I helped him and his wife into the ambulance. It's a day I will never forget. Jaspal Atwell was convicted of attempted murder in that shooting. The victims of terrorism, they have names, they have faces, and they have families. To the Prime Minister, why would he ever meet with Jasper Atwell. Thank the member opposite for his question, and I thank him for his service, as I do to all men and women who serve in uniform to keep our communities and our country safe. Uh, As I've said a number of times, uh, the invitation never should have been extended to this individual, and as soon as we found out about it, uh, we rescinded that invitation. Uh, The MP responsible for it has uh, apologized, uh, and we will continue uh, to work uh, to uh, stand against violent extremism and terrorism uh, wherever it uh, rears its head around the world. Says the guy who gave a $10 million check to... Oh, never mind. Um, okay, look. He's doubling down. He's saying he, he you know, he's punishing everyone. Everyone's taking the fall for Justin Trudeau. Not a lot of room under the bus uh, anymore. He's just shoved everybody Hold under there. Hold on. What are the facts here? What are the facts? The facts are that the Indian government vetted the event. No, apparently they weren't allowed to. They, they said today that they were not allowed to see the list. They vetted the event. The RCMP did not. I have friends in the RCMP. They were. They it was not their jurisdiction, and it was the Indian government. And according to every good British journalist who busted the story open a few days ago, as I said on your show, the Indian government vetted and looked over that event. Now, whether they planted him or whether they allowed him in because they didn't care. 
There's a there's another question you should ask. This guy was found guilty of being the trigger man on Vancouver Island, is now roaming around free in India. His turban is gone. His hair is short. He clearly cut a deal with Indian intelligence so he could walk around freely. He was not just convicted of that, by the way. He was yep. also a fraud yep. artist. He had been involved in a He's also number been of, involved in the uh, Liberal Party. He's also been photographed with Justin Trudeau in the past. He but of course, has, those who wrote Indian government elements that had him pose with the, the Prime Minister. every major party in the country. And he continues to insinuate himself. I'm Two not saying he's a good guy. He not I'm not saying he should have been there. Gregoire. I'm sure the rogue Indian government agents uh, orchestrated that as well. It seems to me that India has some answering to do. Why is this guy wandering around that seems country? seems to me the leader of our country should step up and say, you know what, we made a mistake, it's our fault, and take responsibility like a leader should do. Well, Instead of constantly pointing fingers to everybody else. Oh, it was a backbench MP. You know what, if it, it was a backbench MP, fire. then he should have had quiet uh, conversation with him and say, hey, that was, that was really a bad move. And, and actually re- take the responsibility. As the, as the Prime Minister. I will agree with you that it seems incumbent upon the leader of a country to take responsibility if his own security and the RCMP failed him. He's in a very difficult position. That means he has to point at them and say, you guys let me down. This guy should never have been in that event. Why didn't you vet the list? Okay, okay. But and, hold on. And we're not happened? talking now, about the elephant in the room, which is a civil servant uh, that the second in command in our national security decided to run interference for this government. I mean, I, I don't understand how, A, that happens, and why hasn't he been fired? Well, that, that's a very good question. I mean, not, a lot of this story doesn't make sense to me. Like, the first thing that doesn't make sense to me is why this guy's roaming around India a free man if he was, in fact, a Khalistani secessionist and a proven attempted murderer, I mm-hmm. suppose. That's right. So why is he wandering around freely? Not to freely? mention being charged with attack on... It would seem to me that Assange. India, the fourth or fifth largest economy in the world with a very good intelligence service, would know exactly where he was, what was he doing, getting anywhere near to this. So there's lots of flies in this ointment, and I'm not suggesting Justin Trudeau should be off the hook for this. Don't get me wrong. I'm suggesting that our Indian friends are also absolving themselves of any responsibility as well. You've now created a a diplomatic incident because the Prime Minister is is now pointing the finger at the Indian government. That's not how diplomatic relations work. Couldn't agree more. you've now caused serious harm to to the diplomatic relations between the two countries. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. But I also would like to hold, I mean, just as much as I don't think that our leader and his team and our security forces Seems to me that they they failed in their responsibilities. I'm not letting India off the hook either, and they're throwing it right back at us. And no, I'm a you patriot. Do that. You don't let. And India I've off served the hook our country quietly and in back channels. You don't make an in, international incident out of it. Yeah, and that's the problem. Is that it's being played out now on the world stage, and India saying, "Well, hold on, we didn't ask for this trip. We didn't want this trip." We didn't yeah, want you, it for eight days, and now all of a sudden you're dragging us into this? The point is... Well, isn't that the tell, though? India says, we didn't ask for this trip, we didn't want this trip. Right. That tells you right away that this trip was something that they were not interested in. That I mean, no matter well, what... It, it, Justin, was a family, it was a family vacation. And I was about to say that. No matter what Justin Trudeau can say about the failures of our security or the failures of their intelligence network or any sort of you know conspiracy with tinfoil hats, the bottom line is he spent most of his time on the subcontinent going to tourist locations. And that was not to his benefit, and I hope he's learned his lesson. Okay, so where does the story go from here? Oh. Mean, do Is anybody's head going to roll? Does anybody get fired 
in that party ever. Because look, this isn't the first time we had the Josh Boyle thing. We had the Aga Khan thing, which apparently has just gone away. And now we have this. Well, who the, are you going to fire for what? Oh, I don't know. Someone. Someone. <laughs> now that back I don't ben, know that backbench MP is no the longer MP, the head of the Pacific the Coast Caucus. Secretary, maybe, maybe. Oh, there's, there, there's somebody taking responsibility. Maybe the aide that didn't check the list. I don't know. Or didn't flag someone to say, this guy shouldn't be here. It's a bad thing. I mean, literally. Somebody should have noticed that a long time ago with, with him. I mean, it shouldn't have gotten to this point. You know, I made a joke the last time I was here about the fact that Harper demanded his own security, his own limousine, his own armored limousine. I wouldn't have an issue with that. People and I wouldn't were have upset, an issue remember, about the cost yeah. of all of that. Maybe he was on to something in terms of But dealing. I would not begrudge Trudeau if he had done the same thing. If the RCMP says, take your own cars over and that, I wouldn't have a problem with that. What okay, I, have I might a have a problem with the cost on a family vacation. On a family vacation, sure. On, a, on an actual uh, official trip where he's going to accomplish something, then yes, absolutely. And let, let's get right down to it. What should have come out of that kind of trip with yeah. that kind of economy was lots of jobs, lots of money, lots of investment, better bilateral relations, oh, trust. Oh, that billion what dollar announcement? Everything <laughs> but that, um, which is nothing. It's a it's a oh, pit. It's a pit. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we're paying $750 million yeah. on And it was only yeah, $250 million that was coming to this country, not a billion. So okay. it, seems to, me, it seems to me we better hire some new people to handle the subcontinental prime minister? Well... That's up to the voters next year. Is this relationship done? Not between us. Is this relationship done <laughs> no, between... It's not, uh... it's not irreparable. I think that, that it can be repaired, but there's a lot of strength. The only there. one who can repair it is Hadrian. Let's be honest. He's the most charming of the family, and he, uh, he's honestly... <laughs> he was the only one that was entertaining on that trip because he did not care. He's like the honey badger, man. He just... Uh, I won't say the word, but can he repair it? I, I mean, I think that these these relationships go long and hard and deep over decades and decades. And so, of course, it can be repaired. And there's no way that we're not going to have an economic and a social relationship with India. We've got hundreds of thousands of Indian immigrants in this country who are moving back and forth, trying to reunite their families. Lots of investment going both ways. Not nearly enough, mind you. Mm-hmm. Not nearly enough. And Justin Trudeau, I think, was very hopeful this was going to blossom into a better relationship. If he was sandbag, even if he was sandbag, you could say to yourself, shouldn't we be better and see that coming? Oh, I, th- I think he was point of that trip was to get lots of pictures they could use uh, in campaign uh, oh, we got, next year. We oh, got I'm pictures. pretty sure they won't so be using those they won't now. Be using that campaign. <laughs> in the PC campaign. The, PC, the, the conservative <laughs> campaign's got lots of oh, pictures yeah. for the, sure the, out of the that worms trip. Are, the worms are picking up their files right now. Absolutely right. All right, guys. Thank you. Bill Hutchison joining us tonight. John Razzle also on this edition of Counterpoint. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.